translating from French to English, a lot of pigs lard. It's like Julia Childs. We move on to Katie Mack. Uh, Dr. Catherine, or Katie Mack, is a theoretical cosmologist, and her work focuses on finding new ways to learn about the early universe and fundamental physics using astronomical observation. And this is the part that trips me. Probing the building blocks of nature by examining the cosmos on the larger scale. Throughout her career as a researcher as at Caltech, Princeton, Cambridge, and now the University of Melbourne, she has studied dark matter, black holes, cosmic, cosmic strings, and the formation of the first galaxies of the universe. Dr. Mack is also an active online science communicator and is passionate about science outreach. As a science writer, she has been published by Slate, Cosmos, Sky and Telescope, Time.com, The Economist tech blog, Babbage, and other online publications. She's active on Twitter as AstroKatie, and you can look her up on her website, www.astrokatie.com. Katie. So I didn't realize I was supposed to talk about light, but I am talking about physics, so that should be close enough. Science is ultimately a collaborative venture. No one works entirely alone, and things like the Nobel Prizes can give a distorted impression of how important any one person is to the development of our understanding of the world. But there have been specific people and specific contributions that have fundamentally changed how we look at the world. I'm gonna talk about one of those people and one of those contributions. Nether's theorem is everywhere in physics. The way that people talk about Moore's law in technology or natural selection in biology, people talk about Noether's theorem like that in physics. I listened to a podcast with Brian Cox on it, and he's casually mentioned Noether's theorem on both of the two most recent episodes just because it was relevant in some obscure way. I mean, he might mention it every episode. I haven't really paid that much attention until I was preparing this. But Noether's theorem is not a physical law or an explanation of a kind of interaction or a theory about a new particle, Noether's theorem is more fundamental than that. In a deep way, it's what makes any of those other things possible. If you were to write down an equation encapsulating everything we know about theoretical physics today, you could label terms that are contributions from Feynman, Schrodinger, Maxwell, Dirac, but if you wanted to write Noether on the equation, it would have to cover the entire thing. Noether was active in mathematics and physics in the early 1900s and was universally recognized as a genius. People like Albert Einstein and David Hilbert sought out Noether's help in solving some of the most important problems of the time. But in spite of that, for years, Noether had to work without an official position and without pay because Noether was a woman and academia didn't treat women the same as it treated men. Emmy Noether was born in Bavaria in 1882, and she didn't set out to be a mathematical prodigy. Like most girls at the time, she went to finishing school, and she learned the sorts of things girls were supposed to learn. She was certified to teach English and French, and that might have been her career, but she got distracted by the mathematics that her father and brother were doing at the University of Erlingen. She asked to take courses there and was denied until she aced the entrance exam. They reluctantly let her audit, 
for a while she was there and then she transferred to Göttingen University. But when Erlingen finally allowed women to actually enroll, she transferred back and got her PhD. Emmy Noether went straight into research at Erlingen. She worked in the field of abstract algebra. When you think, of, it, it actually might be more accurate to say she invented the field of abstract algebra. When you think of algebra, you might think of an equation that you have to solve for x. But in abstract algebra, numbers might come up as a convenient symbol. But the core of the discipline is to examine the structure of mathematics. And and to reduce it to its most abstract axiomatic form. Noether was concerned with finding out how mathematical ideas relate to each other and what we can say in general about how mathematical structures can be constructed. She never claimed to be doing anything revolutionary, but in retrospect, her work was the foundation of a totally new approach to mathematics. If you study uh, deep mathematics, you might encounter Noetherian groups, Noetherian rings, Noetherian modules, Noetherian relations, Noetherian topological spaces, Noetherian schemes, and the method of Noetherian induction. Unfortunately, despite Noether's foundational work and Erlingen's relatively progressive, the relative progressiveness among the universities of Europe, Noether still didn't have a real job. She published papers, but she had no title or pay. Sometimes she was able to teach her dad's classes when he was out sick. After seven years of this, she was invited to work at Göttingen University by the renowned mathematicians David Hilbert. Can I get a shout out for Hilbert Spaces? Um, and Felix Klein, who you might know about from Klein Bottles. Um, they had an ulterior motive for inviting her. They wanted her to solve a problem of energy conservation in Einstein's general relativity. This new theory of gravity was confusing from the standpoint of, of, the, of the physics known at, a at the time, because it was unclear how energy conservation, one of the most important ideas in physics, could work in a theory where space and time could be warped. In, so she went there, she worked that out, and in the course of that, she produced one of the most important insights in theoretical physics, one that extends far beyond general relativity and underlies the way we form theories in the first place. This was called Noether's Theorem. Though it was described once by Einstein as a piece of penetrating mathematical thinking, Noether's Theorem can be stated very simply. Whenever there's a symmetry of nature, that means that some fundamental quality, quantity is conserved. Uh, a symmetry is when a physical process is, is when a physical process or the mathematical description of a physical process stays the same when you change some aspect of the setup. For example, if you do an experiment now or three years from now and you get the same result, that's called time translation symmetry. Um, and using Noether's theorem, we can say that anything with time translation symmetry conserves energy. A perfect pendulum swinging back and forth forever is symmetric in time and loses no energy. If a system has rotational symmetry so that it works facing any direction, it conserves angular momentum meaning that once it's spinning, it'll keep spinning. The kind of stability that we see in the orbits of planets is an expression of these two symmetries together and the conservation of both energy and angular momentum of the bodies. Noether's theorem allows us to make deep connections between the results of experiments 
and the fundamental mathematical description governing, governing the physics. Thinking about physics in terms of symmetries and conservation laws is the basis of the kind of theoretical leap that led physicists to theorize the existence of the Higgs boson long before it showed up in the Large Hadron Collider. Symmetry is so fundamental to physics that the standard model of particle physics is frequently referred to by just its symmetry groups, U1, SU2, SU3. Of course, revolutionizing theoretical physics was all well and good, but no, there was nonetheless still a woman. While she was developing her great theorem, she was working without pay and often teaching under Hilbert's name as his assistant. The university argued, it is intolerable to our, to our soldiers when they come back from the war to listen to a woman university teacher. Uh, David Hilbert replied that her sex shouldn't matter. He said, this is a university, not a public baths. <laughs> After both Hilbert and Einstein vouched for her, the university grudgingly allowed her to teach under her, no, her own name, but wouldn't pay her. In 1922, four years after publishing her famous theorem, she was finally named associate professor without tenure and given a small salary. She lectured all around Europe, visiting various universities, and generally being a mathematical powerhouse with her own de dedicated group of students known as Nothers Boys. But then the Nazis came. Nother was Jewish, and when the Nazis took power, they fired Jews from the university positions. Noether fled to America and became a visiting professor at Bryn Mawr College, also giving weekly lectures at Princeton. At Bryn Mawr, for the first time, she had female colleagues in mathematics. Unfortunately, she only had two years to enjoy her time there before she died in 1935 from complications from surgery. Her death came as a shock to everyone. She was only 50, 53 years old and for the most part healthy. She was eulogized by some of the great physicists and mathematics of the, mathematicians of the time, including Einstein. In Noether's time, the scientific establishment worked hard to keep women out. A genius of Noether's caliber, with the backing of Einstein, could maybe be included eventually, but only if she had the resources to work without pay and the toughness to persevere despite all the obstacles that her male colleagues never had to face. Even today in mathematics and physics, we can observe an asymmetry in the treatment of men and women. And as Emmy Noether taught us, whenever, an whenever a symmetry is broken, that means something is being lost. As a scientist and as a member of an asymmetric society, I think it's important to work to restore the fundamental symmetries of nature by working against the forces that skew this distribution. I hope that sharing Noether's story can be part of that not because she was a woman who faced injustice, but because the language of science is a universal one. And she gave us the gift of a new vision of the world, one governed by the symmetry and elegance and beauty of mathematics.